today on CityCast Denver. One of Denver's oldest and most beloved Black-owned restaurants is the Walton Street Cafe. They've been serving up honey hot wings and other Caribbean twists on soul food in Five Points for more than 30 years. But their lease is up in March, and it's going to take some serious cash to build out a brand new space where the owners can open the next incarnation of Walton Street Cafe. So the Dickerson family, who have always owned and operated the place, are turning to the community for help. Today is Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. My producer, Alexandra McMahon, and I went to Welton Street last week after we read about the Dickerson family's new GoFundMe campaign. They're hoping to raise about $250,000 to help them move to a new location and build out a new restaurant space. But when we saw the campaign, they were only up to about $50,000. Did you guys go to school around here? Mm-hmm. Like I said, born and raised in Denver. We all went to East High School, grew up around this area. So, I mean, this is home. The Welton Street Cafe was slammed at 1 p.m. on a Thursday when we sat down with Sherika Dickerson. Once we were seated, though, all the stress of the pandemic slipped away. It felt almost like I was walking into the Dickerson family's living room and plopping down on the couch. And then a second Dickerson daughter, Fatima, plopped down right next to me. Hi. <laughs> I don't even know if we've started yet. I'll be honest with you. Can I just say hi? <laughs> she only because. Fatima had other responsibilities that afternoon, though, so she left us with Sherika, who took a break from her real job teaching literature at Metro State to talk to us. She told me it's always been this way, growing up in the restaurant. When she's not grading papers, she's helping run the cafe's social media and communications and doing whatever else is needed. The same way she has her whole life, ever since her parents opened the first version of Welton Street Cafe in 1986. Okay, so I am Sherika Dickerson, and this is my family's establishment. So I am daughter number four of the original owners, um, and um, they're still owners, but they're kind of like more behind the scenes sure. now because they're older, they're more retired or semi-retired, um, and so it's and now it's time for the younger generation to take over. I'm not an owner um, on purpose because I'm a full-time professor at Metro. And so, like, there is no actual you don't work here anymore if your last name is Dickerson. And since my last name is Dickerson, if I come here, <laughs> 97% of the time when I'm not doing interviews with people, um, you're, <laughs> I'm work, you're I get working. put to work, okay? I'll have to go back there and put some fish down in the fryer or um, take an order, bring an order out to the table, do something when, when somebody has a birthday. They're like, come sing happy birthday with us. So there is like, no, I don't work here anymore. I'm just like, I just came to bring some some um, flour because y'all ran out of flour. And they're like, okay, great. Um, put that away. Can you um, go uh, put down this fried chicken dinner? Like, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> so that's, that's how that works here. <laughs> that is wild, but understandable. It's a family business. Yeah, like I started working when I was 12. I don't know if that's legal, but I think if you have a family business, it is. It's pretty, yeah. It seems pretty normal. 
Um, and so, like, when we moved here back in 1999. To this location. To this location. I, it was the summer between my junior and senior year um, of high school. And so when I was here, me and my sister, who's two years ahead of me, so we were kind of like the the daughters that were front and center here. So people that were patrons back in the late 90s, early 2000s, recognized me. And so there's always been a connection. Um, I've always, always done things behind the scene. Even when I was in Illinois, I was still doing a lot of things behind the scenes. So um, there's always been a connection. And so it's not like this is something that's extra. This is something that's just par for the course when your family has a, a business. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so you said that, that you all moved to this location in, in 99, mm -hmm. the summer of 99. Where were you before that? We were actually right down the block at 2752 Welton Street. Oh, <laughs> just cannot leave the block, huh? We've actually been all over Five Points since 1986. And so you've been serving the community that you live in mm -hmm. since the 80s. Yep. What does Welton Street Cafe mean to people here? Well... Um, and that's a good question because I think it might mean something different to everybody, but I feel like it's like kind of a home away from home. Thinking about the history of Five Points and knowing that it's undergone a lot of gentrification yeah. and knowing how the demographic shifted with that yes. gentrification effort. A lot of people, this was where they lived. This is, was where they had their business and to kind of see us still here, still doing business in the neighborhood, still living in the neighborhood. Like folks are like, why do y'all still live in the neighborhood? Hello, we have a business in the neighborhood. And there was a power outage here the other night. <laughs> and so one good thing about being in the neighborhood, fortunately, people were still here when there was a power outage. But if you live like right down the street from your business, if something happens, you're right there. Like if yeah. you like go move to Boulder or something like that, that's going to take you a while to get there. You want to be close to where your business is. where you, So you want to live and do business in the same community, right? It's not yeah. like, let me exploit these people in the community that I once lived in. No, I'm still a part of this community. So for some many people it means community it is actually a welcome face in the face of change right it's just like oh you guys are still here and there's been plenty of people over the years that like have moved away and then they come back in town and visit and they're like oh you guys are still here great you know and yeah. so it, and to me that is 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 an intrinsic award a reward like a lot of people think you go into business to make a lot of money not the restaurant business <laughs> <laughs> the margins are invisible. Um, and so you just, you you do it because it's something you want to do. Like my mom is naturally blessed as a wonderful cook. And fortunately, she passed that gift down to me and my brother and sister who were in the kitchen. That's why they're in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell anybody this. Probably not Fatima. That's why she's up here. Um, <laughs> she is great with the microphone. She is here for customer service. It's crucial for a restaurant. Right. But, but the food... Uh, she did cook breakfast for us a couple weeks ago, and it was good. So she learned something. Um, but she's not the first person in the kitchen because I had to show her a thing. I'm like, well, first of all, you need to do this, right? But my mom loves to feed people, and it's something that, you yeah. know, we all love to do. Like, like there's a lot that you can share with people over a meal. Um, yeah. And it's it's the some and food is something that brings people together. It brings people from different cultures, people from di different generations, from different walks of life. Like you would never, um, might not ever make connections with people, but it's just like, wait a minute, have you had those honey hots from Welton Street? Oh, you have? Oh my gosh! Right, new new best friend, right? New best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Well, you bring up something that I think is just underlying this whole conversation, which is you're a Black-owned business. Mm Mm-hmm. And we say, quote, historically black neighborhood, which which implies that a lot of the community is gone. It is. What does it mean to you to be in this family running a black owned business in a neighborhood that is is I mean, change is such a simple word for it. But it's, you know, an uprooting and displacement of of your customer base. They don't they don't live in the neighborhood. They live um, like in Aurora. They live in like Montbello, Green Valley Ranch. Uh, places that are like all over the metro area yeah. um, just because not only this area I don't know if y'all have looked at rent prices in this area oh <laughs> I grew up here it's I, it's it's unconscionable it's hard to explain sometimes to people I remember because I because like I said I work at metro down on the Ray campus and I used to catch the train until till the pandemic and then they like seriously cut back on service so I just walk a block over and catch the bus but I remember when they were building some of those luxury condos down on 25th and I said let me see how much these are going to be and I was like well what I said $2,500 a month $3,000 a month for a two-bedroom apartment in Denver and before that there was an article in the Denver Pools that was called Soul Survivor and it really called attention to the fact that Wellness Street Cafe is like the sole surviving um black owned restaurant in Welton, right? That that predates many of the large gentrification efforts. And so like there was a time when we were the only actual open business in the Five Points Plaza. And so for a long time it was just us and the DMV. And then when the DMV left it was just us. Right? And so the only the only reason why people had to come down this strip and a lot of the storefronts over there, some of them are still closed, but there was like nothing. And so people will come down here, get their tags, and, and come to Welton Street Cafe. And it's just like for us to be like the only open business and still be able to survive that says a lot. So talking about the real estate aspect, so you you all are looking into a new space that's just like a couple blocks down right for Welton Street. It's, it's, it's literally a block and a half. Why stay in the neighborhood when it's changing so much? Why not? right this is because i really feel like if it's just historic five points that means that it's it's past in the past right we live right now we are black business we are black business that serves black people right and in the face of of gentrification that says it's not okay to be black in the way that we're black right like so there is research that says that black people especially need black spaces as a way of surviving in a white world. And the only respite you have is your house. Maybe the barbershop or beauty shop, right? Maybe even church. But that doesn't give you very many places that you could go any day of the week or every day of the week 
that allows you to not have to put on that performance. Look at the artwork on here. It's just like, okay, we're we're not sugarcoating it. We listen to this music. We we appeal to black folks yeah. that once lived in this neighborhood. So why should we have to move just because somebody said, right. we don't want you here anymore? Right. Well, we want to be here, right? And if we can stay here, then maybe other people will want to be here. As long as people can still come back to Five Points and say, hey, you know what? This was our neighborhood. This still is our neighborhood if we're here. Yeah, yeah. And other people in the neighborhood obviously feel that same way or people that used to live here and yep. that's why they come back it's it's so much more than it sounds so cliche but it's so much more than food oh yeah that we definitely um believe that is so much more than food it's it's like it's long surpassed the food right <laughs> i mean the food is delicious don't yes. get me wrong <laughs> but it's long surpassed that right yeah. if we were just only serving food you can get good food anywhere yeah but but what else how else do you feed your soul Right. We call it soul food, not because it's supposed to feed your soul in some way, but the experience itself should feed your soul as well. And so I have um, some of some of my colleagues, white colleagues at um, at my work. They're like, every time I go there, I just feel it's just like this energy and I just love it. It's just like the food is great, but the experience is better. Yeah. Yeah. So you put up this GoFundMe. You've raised $50,000. We've raised $60,000. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. You still need a little under 200000 right? Well, well, I mean, this isn't our only fundraising effort, right? $250,000 is actually not how much money we need. We need way more than that. Yeah. But we need some kind of running start. We have to leave here because our lease is up. Which is, which is perfectly fine. We were actually trying to find a way to expand prior to the pandemic. Um, because we had did a triple D episode. Oh, like a diners, drive-ins, yes. and dives? Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, guys' faces over there on oh, the wall. Oh, wild. I didn't know that. That's awesome. And when you tell somebody about the restaurant, how do you describe it? It's legit. How long you got on them chops already? There is nothing like when you get a pork chop that is fried to perfection, and then someone puts some gravy on top. Every time our episode airs, it's totally obvious. Oh, it's just like, pfft business crazy even before triple d we had already outgrown this space and it's actually trying to find real estate that you can rent or even try to purchase in five points is virtually impossible yeah and then we finally secured a spot during the middle of a pandemic <laughs> but the one of the things that people don't understand is like even during the pandemic there was lots of pandemic relief that we couldn't qualify for we didn't qualify for mm. and we didn't get anything like we were able to keep our doors open just on the strength of our customers and our support some people are like well i'm just gonna come keep supporting you guys because i want to see you guys open yeah you know it doesn't actually help that we're a black business because you know we're in a in a, in a business we we don't serve alcohol, so our profit margins, like I said, are pretty invisible. Right. And then you're black business, right? You're black people, you're black owned. And we know that there are such things as racist lending practices as well. Um, and so we're too risky. And it's just like, but we have like nearly four decades of experience under our belt. We're not a startup. We, we know, know what how we're to run a restaurant. Yeah, we know what we're doing. And we actually have a customer base. We have a market. We've been on TV. Yeah. Like what else do they need to know? What else you know? do you need? And you would think that would be enough to for somebody, for a bank or something to take a, uh, um, a risk on you and they're like no your profit margins your profit margins your profit margins well clearly 
we wouldn't be asking you for this money if our profit margins were a little bit wider, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's really disheartening, especially when you are t- when you have to show them, like, financials from 2020. It's just like, really? I know, you're like, <laughs> can anybody show financials from 2020? <laughs> well, I just want to ask you what your favorite thing on the menu is or some something you want to talk about that if someone's never been to Welton Street Cafe, what would you say come in and have? Get the honey hots. Tell me about the honey hot. The honey hot wings, okay. So people think the the secret is in the sauce, and it's not. The secret <laughs> is in the seasoning. It's in it's in it's in the magic that we put in there, right? Folks are like, man, I tried to. I went home and I got me some honey and some hot sauce, and it just didn't taste like yours. And we're like, because it's not, right? <laughs> You're like, it's just the name. It's not the secret. You gotta you gotta come in. There's a right. There's a nice balance of honey and hot that you gotta have. First of all, you gotta have the right seasoning that we make um, <laughs> in house. Um, you got to have the right amount of breading, the right temperature of your fryer. But let me tell you something. I So one time, sometimes I bring my colleagues from work in. Yeah. And this guy, I was like, you like wings? He was like, yeah, what should I get? I said, try the Honey Hots. And he was like, no, I think I'm going to just stick with these hot wings over here. I said, okay, whatever. Do what you're going to do. And so when my Honey Hots came out, I said, here, try this wing. And he said, oh, my gosh, where can I replicate this flavor? I said, nowhere. And so now he um, kind of like sneaks down here and gets some food and <laughs> eat it in the car before he goes home. <laughs> And doesn't tell his wife. <laughs> Hope his wife doesn't listen. <laughs> He's like, hold on, my husband works with her. <laughs> Coming down and eating honey hot wings secretly in his car. Uh huh. Just like I'm gonna get these before I go home. Oh, the wife said she was cooking. What? Oh no, I need some honey hots for my spirit. Um, <laughs> give me a little six piece. <laughs> Sherry Dickerson, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. It's no problem. Thank you for having me. The Dickerson family's lease is up in March, and while they have a new spot in the neighborhood lined up, it's not billed out to be a restaurant. So that's why they're talking to bankers and why they posted the GoFundMe. So I'm going to put a link to that campaign in our show notes in case you want to help out. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. I didn't know what to say. I'll tweet about it. You can find me, unfortunately, at twitter.com slash Coco Davies. Follow at your own risk tweet about my baby all the time.